Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of the George Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, G. Today I'm going to recap last night's UFC pay-per-view, UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal. Uh, before I get into that, I'm excited to say that my wife has recently started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with me, taking private lessons, uh, working towards training in a, a group environment. Um, and, and I wanted to give some thoughts uh, and insights on, on training loved ones as a coach. Um, then I have an announcement to make about me stepping in a cage, but not like you guys would think. Um, then I also want to mention that I record these episodes and segments, and, and if anything is choppy or repetitive, I'm still learning how to get these things uh, meshed together correctly and working the kinks out of everything and how, how I want my uh, my my episodes to flow but i hope everybody is still enjoying the content that i'm putting out there um, and i appreciate everybody that's listening i recently started teaching my wife elaine who you guys met yesterday briefly doing the predictions for the main card of ufc 272 uh private lessons in brazilian jiu-jitsu um Last year, before my health issues, I started working with her on boxing mitt work, uh, you know, some footwork, things of that nature, you know, just as a, a different type of fitness than what she was accustomed to, but I still coached. You know, I wasn't just holding mitts and barking out um, combinations and letting her form and her technique and her footwork be garbage, uh, you know, so it wasn't like it was just for cardio, you know, I if I'm teaching and I'm training and I'm drilling with someone, I want things to look correct. Um, you know, and as a coach, it's it's kind of different whenever you're working with your significant other. But at the same time, I try to make it just the same as though it's any other person I'm coaching. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I really don't get where people say they can't work out with their significant others or train or what have you. Um, and I won't say that she hasn't fired me as a personal trainer a few times. We've had a couple times where after a hard workout, she was like, you know, you're fired. But, uh, you know, essentially those, those times are few and far between. And, you know, usually when she's fired me, I fired myself too. Um, you know, I, I absolutely enjoy working out with her and, and now I absolutely enjoy, uh, teaching and training her, um, so, you know, I do coach her a lot when it comes to all things physical, you know, weightlifting, now jiu-jitsu, uh, boxing, it, it, if she were to say she wanted to start doing boxing again. And she is absolutely receptive to my teaching. She doesn't, you know, scoff at the things that I ask of her. And, you know, she's, she's a student, essentially. You know, much like when she corrects some things that I might be saying incorrectly, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say my bad and say it right. And then I'm probably going to forget and use whatever it is that I said before the next time that I have, you know, that it comes up because my internal spell check is fucking broken. And I don't know if we're just more receptive to each other's coaching than most couples you see on social media because you'll see people out there on the internet and... They're absolutely shitty to their partner, and I don't get it. 
man, it's crazy how bad couples will attack each other in front of the world. If if we ever had a problem, no one would fucking know because that shit stays at home behind a closed door. But we don't have problems. And what it does is, I mean, you know, the way that we're able to be and happy with each other, it just makes life a whole lot easier overall. Sorry, I started to get off uh, topic there just a little bit and start getting into relationship things. And I am not a relationship advice person. And by far, I'm not an expert on how to be perfect in a relationship or anything like that. But, um... You know, back to what I wanted to talk about, teaching her these classes, you know, both jujitsu and boxing, uh, they've afforded me with the opportunity to refresh and drill a lot of basic movements. Um, you know, it gives me a chance to step back and remember little fine details that maybe I've, I've stopped using or that I have uh, changed over time that make things work better for me. And add those in and remind and say, you know, this is how I was taught 18 years ago. This is how I do it now. And this is why the evolution of what I'm doing makes it better than what it was when I first learned it years ago. Um, you know, it's also given me um, a chance where I have to step back and I have to look and, and work around things like. For example, she has a nagging groin injury right now that she's dealing with. And I've had to be flexible in my lesson plans so that she could still learn and, and have an effective training session while she's not 100% and not have to take time completely off and out of the gym. Um, you know, otherwise, she gets discouraged. You know, I, I, I get disappointed in how things are and then shit goes downhill and eventually either she decides she doesn't want to train or you know what have you happens and then then what you know then maybe we start having issues because I was a dumb fuck when it come to her training and I wouldn't allow her the opportunity to train around an injury rather than oh we just can't do anything it's also very refreshing to me that I'm getting to spend time with my wife and I'm getting to teach her something that I'm very passionate about and for her to have the desire to learn. You know, we had talked um, several months ago about the possibility of her training and I gave her the benefits and, you know, she was kind of like, meh. But then a little bit over a month ago, she said she wanted to train. She was the one who said, you know, I want to give this a try. I'm in better shape now than I've been in a long, long time, and I want to start training. And I felt like that was incredibly important to her um, because she got to initiate uh, the terms of training, you know. And, and I feel like it was incredibly important in her having an opportunity to be successful as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, you know, uh, she she uh, was allowed to determine when she wanted to train, just like any other student. Um, the only difference that she's going to have and above and beyond other students is 
you know, she does have unlimited private sessions and the opportunity to pick her professor's mind at any time she wants, even though I'll never ask her to call me professor ever. In the age of endless information at your fingertips, I still believe that you know, that first person interaction is paramount. Uh, you know, not that we talk solely about jujitsu, but lately there have been a lot more of those little conversations that, that you know, what what can she do to make this particular movement better, or what can she do to make this technique more effective, and uh, you know, how can she get more flexible? Uh, what gi should she buy next? You know, on the way to the gym the other day, uh, she said that she used to judge me for the sheer number of geese that I owned. And, and I have quite a collection. There's more than 20, probably closer to 30 total. And they don't all fit me. You know, I've been very big at times. I've been smaller than what I am now, but I'm, I'm at that point now where I'm in my smaller geese. And... You know, now she understands she has two that I've purchased for her, and she has a third that she got in a mystery deal uh, from Fighters Market here the last few days that hasn't arrived yet, and she got me one too, and that might be an episode that we do together, uh, just do our unboxing of that whenever we, uh, when we get them and just do a little uh, episode for you guys, for those that have seen that um that deal on fighters market and been like, huh, I wonder what kind of gi you really get for 50 bucks in a mystery deal. I'll probably talk about her journey in jujitsu at times. It's just going to be completely different than mine was. You know, I started training with a wrestling background. If you watch the white belt chronic or you listen to the white belt chronicles, uh, episode was that, uh, episode nine. And, um, you know, and I didn't have hardly any MMA knowledge. I'd watched a couple UFC pay-per-views, and, and that was really about it. You know, and she is a blank canvas when it comes to actual physical training, but has watched a wealth of UFC and, and has that understanding, but not as a casual fan, but as a diehard fan. This girl, you know, when we first started talking to each other as friends, that's what we initially bonded over was – uh MMA and the UFC, and she would ask me questions on things that she didn't understand, and we could have a conversation about the fights, and, and we still do, and I think for the next pay-per-view, which is the day after her birthday, we're probably going to do the whole main card like we did yesterday, but more of a talk about the fights than um, just sitting down and giving predictions. Like We might do more commentary to that one. So it may actually not even have a, for, a first portion that's not related to the fights like uh, like most of my prediction episodes and my, um, my result episodes have been. As I am with any of my students, I'm very excited to watch her learn and grow in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, you know, I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so much and, and I feel like everyone should give it a try. And uh, we're definitely going to sit down at times and, and, and talk about where things are going with their training and, and see what she's thinking. And, and you know, uh, I don't think that it would just be beneficial to her, but it would be beneficial to other people who, you know, might be thinking about starting training 
and have or have started training and have similar questions and experiences and predicaments that they're dealing with and they'd like to get someone else's perspective and they could get it both from someone that has a ton of experience and someone who is in the same boat as them. Since we spent a little bit of time talking about my wife's uh, newest adventure into Brazilian jiu-jitsu training, I think it's only fair that I, that I mention that I do have five daughters, none of which actively train. My oldest, Kayla, never showed any interest. Um, her her younger full sister, Madison, showed a little bit, but it it burned out real quick. Uh, she she uh, trained just a couple times in the living room with uh, with uh, what essentially would have been a, a stepsister at the time. Um, you know, Lexi is my middle little girl. Um, she's a different sort of athlete. She's built like me, um, but she is focused on cheer at this point in her life, and that's fine. Um, she's also the first child of mine that was born once I started training. Kayla and Madison were born before I started. Madison just by about six months, but you know she was still already alive. But she, I don't know that any of them, even Kayla, will, uh, remembers anything about their dad before he started training. Um. You know, Piper, who is uh, eight now, has shown interest. Uh, she could do arm bars at a really young age and has at times been my traveling partner whenever I was doing the Jiu-Jitsu Road Warrior thing more often. Uh, when, and she would go with me to every training session. And, uh, you know, recently on a FaceTime, she told me, she was like, Dad, I I'm kind of sad because I've forgotten how to do an arm bar. And, of course, I assured her that, you know, she can relearn that and it's not a big deal that she's forgotten because she's not getting that opportunity to be around me and to, to work these things right now. But, um, when I have her, when I have them this summer, I imagine that we're going to spend a lot of time in, in my gym that, um, will be opening here soon. And I'll talk about that at some point over the next month. Um, you know, and she'll get some time to train with other kids and maybe, you know, re, uh, uh, how am I trying to say this? Uh, rebuild that love for uh, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that I started to do with her, though it was at her one, not mine. And then there's Reagan. Um, where do I start with this maniac? She's feral. I mean, if you can call a kid feral, she's wild. Um, she's a wrecking ball. We call her a meatball. Uh, and I really don't know if the world would survive if, if this kid learned how to fight because she is a madman. I never once thought of forcing my kids to train. If one said, Dad, I want to learn jiu-jitsu or I want to learn to fight, I absolutely would do my best to teach them as much as I could uh, with the knowledge that I've gained you know, through my years of training, like I do with any other student, just like I'm doing with Elaine. You know, I, I love her to death, and at the end of the day, I know that she goes home with me, but when we're on the mat, I have to treat her as a student first and, and as a wife second. So with my girls, it would be treat them as a student first and as a daughter second, while not being uncompassionate or just hard as a coach, or harder than I would be with anyone else. And I joke with Madison, um, she's between five and six months pregnant, 
right now that I'm going to turn her uh, son, which is going to be my first grandbaby. Uh, I did not have a son, so you know, a grandson is kind of an exciting prospect for me. And, and I'm going to turn him into a terror on the mat. But much like his mom and his aunt and her and his aunts, um, you know, that's going to be 100% his decision to make when he gets old enough to make that decision. I absolutely believe in the benefits of training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for anyone. You know, confidence building, um, you know, the the physical benefits, the mental benefits, all of it. I would also never force anyone to train, especially my loved ones. And, you know, I do also believe in finding your own identity. And, and you know, if you're going to find your own identity, being forced into doing something you don't want to or that you're going to do begrudgingly isn't going to help you when it comes to building your own identity. Uh, you know, if my wife woke up tomorrow and decided that she didn't want to train anymore, that it just wasn't for her, that, um, you know, I wasn't the kind of coach that she wanted. Uh, you know, despite my own disappointment, I completely understand because, you know, I also know that jiu-jitsu is not for everyone. And, of course, that is also a topic in and of itself for another day. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to teach my wife. She uh, already knows that I am an absolute hard ass as a coach when it comes to promotions. So she knows that nothing is given. Um, it's all earned with me. I probably have guys that have left me as a professor or as a coach over promotions because, I mean, let's just face it. I've promoted a ton of people over the years and this is getting into another topic that uh, is in and of itself a whole nother episode. But I've promoted a lot of guys and uh, right now have maybe one that I train with that I promoted him or that I was part of his promotion to the rank that he is. And, you know, to get a rank with me, you have to be an absolute bad motherfucker at whatever rank you are. You know, uh, my, my purple belt, the one purple belt that I have is not in this area anymore. But I guarantee you, if you met him on the mat, you would know that that is one bad dude to deal with. Um, the one brown belt that I've ever promoted is a stud on the mat. He, he's kind of like me in that he's getting older. I haven't trained with him in a few years. Um, not by my choice, probably not even by his choice, just political type of things. But, um, you know, he's a stud when it comes to grappling and, and coming to his knowledge of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. My, my blue belts, yeah, there are a ton of them out there. Um, but, you know, to get a blue belt, to get any sort of belt through me takes effort. Um, you know, I do have one. Uh, he's somewhere local. I don't think he's getting to train a ton outside of maybe at his work that got a blue belt out of me in about 10 months, but he trained every day. He really immersed himself into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and honestly, there's a lot of times that people have no clue how much effort a person can put in in a short amount of time if they really get passionate about something. And, and you know, um, 
I, uh, again, I'm going into these, uh, these topics that I probably could make full episodes about because they're, they're, they're important parts of jujitsu and, and then we get into politics and things of that nature that it could turn into hours upon hours of, 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 uh, of, uh, podcasts. And that's probably what it'll be at some time. And I might end up ruffling some people's feathers, but you know, sometimes it is what it fucking is. Sometimes you're, you know, <clears throat> you ruffle some feathers along the way. I hope everyone is still enjoying this podcast as much as I'm enjoying talking about whatever, uh, topic in jiu-jitsu, MMA, life just happens to strike me, uh, and so far, you know, it really has been pretty much Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Mixed Martial Arts related. Um, and I hope that anybody and everybody that's listening to this is training. They're training hard. And those that maybe aren't training hard can, can you know, pick up their training and, and, and really work a little bit harder and get better. Or if you aren't training at all, you just give it a shot and see if it's something that can help you as much as it helped myself and a lot of people that I know. Um, you know, that's, uh, about all I'm going to go into on the topic that I've went over today. Uh, so now I'm going to do the results to UFC 272 Covington versus Masvidal. Um, and of course we get to see who had more right on the main card, myself or my wife. Okay, UFC 272 was at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Um, the UFC did announce that it had a gate. Um, they saw 19,425 people were there in attendance uh, with a gate of approximately $6.76 million. Um, I just want to mention that, you know, uh, they didn't post uh pay-per-view numbers and it's probably because you know it might take a little bit of time to get those kind of numbers uh in uh in the early prelims the first fight of the night Dustin Jacoby defeated Mikhail Oleksijuk uh by unanimous decision I got that fight wrong uh the second fight of the night Ludovic Klein defeated Devontae Smith by a split decision I got that fight right. Um, the third fight of the night, Tim Elliott defeated Tagir Olenbekov. Uh Man, I uh, honestly, this is the fight where uh, we just got here to my office for me to work, and, and this fight was on, and it, it looked like it was a really close fight. Um, like I said, you know, uh, Elliott won a, a unanimous decision. Uh I mean, that was an upset because that Olenbekov, I believe he was either 14-1 and or 14-0. and or From the line, I mean, he was supposed to absolutely walk through Tim Elliott. But, I mean, Elliott's an old pro. That was his 32nd fight, you know, his 17th UFC fight. And he just fought intelligently, and he was able to grind out a decision, which I think at 125, most of the guys are grinders. I don't know if it's just because little guys don't have a ton of power or what, but, you know, you don't see a lot of them getting a ton of finishes uh, in that division. Uh, in the featured fight of the early prelims, Umar Nurmagomedov 
defeated Brian Kelleher. Uh, he won first round submission, rear naked choke. Uh, he got to Kelleher's back real early, and um, you know Kelleher kept his chin tucked and and then he he kind of fought out of the position a bit, and then they ended up right back with Nurmagomedov on his back, and and Kelleher thought about trying to fight the choke. You see him kind of double clutch his tap, and then he goes ahead and, and, and taps out. Um, th that fight was actually at 145 pounds, and in the post-fight interview, they asked uh, Umar if he was going to stay at 45 or if he was going to go back to Bantamweight, where I think he had fought the majority of his other fights because he's still undefeated as a pro. Um, and he said he was headed back to Bantamweight. Um, they believe, the the UFC commentators and a lot of people that are around him do believe that he is a uh, future champion. Um, obviously, he is Khabib's cousin, and, and he, he looks like an absolute stud as a prospect right now. They kicked off the prelims with uh, a fight between Marana Moroz and Mariah Agapova. Um, they're, I, I didn't read like the, the pre-fight deal where you know they, they give like details on each fight, but apparently these two are former training partners, much like the main event. Bad blood, a lot of shit talking back and forth or what have you. Uh, Morozy, Ukrainian. Uh, Agapova, I think, was a Kazakhstani. Um, but Moroz won by second-round submission, head and arm choke. Um, she was pretty dominant for most of the fight. And, I mean, she was really impressive. Uh, and, and she won... One of the performance of the night bonuses, gaining her an extra fifty thousand dollars on her paycheck. Uh, the um, I got that fight wrong. I took Agapova. Um, I forgot to say that I also uh, was wrong on the Olin Bekov and Elliot fight, and I was right on the the Nurmagomedov and Kelleher fight. So I went two and two on the early prelims, and then I lost my first one. Or I got the first one wrong on the prelims again, uh, putting me at two and three so far. Uh, the next fight was Nikolai. Um, I'm going to fuck that name up. And, and I fucked these names up, but I shit you not last night in the cage, Joe Rogan, whenever he, he, whenever after the fight, when he said Umar Nurmagomedov, he went Umar Nurmagomedov. So I'm not the only motherfucker out there fucking up names. If Joe Rogan can do it and the money he gets paid for my free ass that you're listening to, I can fuck some names up. Uh, but anyway, Nikolai, uh, he defeated Kennedy Enzichkoa by split decision. Man, that Kennedy dude is like six foot five, six foot six. He's huge. Um, I thought that was a super, super close fight. Uh, Nikolai had to get inside because he was giving up so much reach. And when they got into those brawling type situations, he took over. But anytime Kennedy could stand outside and just whop him with jabs, it looked like he was the more dominant fighter. It was a good fight. Um, you know, split decision they tells you it could have went either way. But the, the judges gave that one to Nikolai. Uh, the next fight of the night, uh, I got that one right too, by the way, was Marina Rodriguez 
defeating Yan Zayanin. And, and I know I'm saying that last name wrong also. I heard it last night, and I still am not saying it right. But uh, that was another one that was a split decision. I thought that the judges might have got that one wrong. Um, but, you know, who am I but a guy that's uh, rattling off on a podcast that just happens to have fought, you know, 20 times or whatever. Uh, the feature fight on the prelims was uh the 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 win was for uh Jalen Turner. He defeated Jamie Malarkey uh and he won by a second round TKO. Uh Turner's a different sort of animal at fifty five and, and there's a few of them. There's a few of these guys that are like six three running around now that I keep seeing here in the last couple of weeks and, and but Turner, unlike those other guys that are really tall and lanky, it looks like he has a bit of power to him. Those other guys, they look like they, they don't they lose some power whenever they get down to that lower weight where they're so long. But it didn't seem to affect Turner too much and he, he put together a good fight and was able to beat Blarkey. The main card started with Sergi Spivak defeating Greg Hardy. Thank God. First round TKO. Um Man, that puts Hardy at like seven, six, and one. Can we please cut this guy? I mean, I, I get it. He's a former pro football player, and for some reason, there's some sort of allure to that. But man, he's not a good fighter. He he doesn't look like he's in incredible shape ever. And and I know that he was a defensive lineman whenever he played in the NFL, but he doesn't look like some of these other freak heavyweights that are cut up. He he just He's just not good, man, and I hate to say that about anybody that's in the UFC because I never fought there, but he, he just he doesn't belong. Um, I got that fight right, right by the way. Uh, so did my wife. Uh, the second fight was uh, Kevin Holland defeating uh, Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Um, he won by a second-round TKO. That was my upset. I expected more out of Oliveira. Uh, it didn't look like he was really ever in that fight, uh, be honest with you. I mean, he's a bit older. Maybe he just has decided that he's done. I don't think he retired in the cage or anything. It was pretty loud. We were watching the Buffalo Wild Wings, so I couldn't hear any of like the uh, post-fight interviews or anything. Um, Kevin Holland was awarded one of the Performance of the Night bonuses for that fight. Uh, the next fight on the card, oh, and, and I got that one wrong. That was my upset. My wife got it right. So she's 2-0, and and I'm 1-1 one one at this point. Okay, so the next fight was uh, Bryce Mitchell defeating Edson Barbosa. Uh, he won by unanimous decision. He, he just fought an intelligent fight against a top-10 fighter. I could appreciate the way that the fight went. Um I got the fight right. My wife got it wrong. Uh, she kind of spent some time hating on both of them, said they, neither of them were deserving of being there. And, and I think it was more because the fight was just a grinder. It was just Mitchell in top positions, uh, just staying heavy, not a ton of work, but um, you know, just doing what it took to win a fight. Uh, the next fight was the co-main event, and it was... Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos 
defeating Hinato Moicano by unanimous decision. And it was a five-rounder. And, man, it was it was a good fight. Uh, RDA definitely looked like he was a way better fighter than Moicano. Um, he, he, he definitely dominated most of that fight. Um, we both got that one right, both myself and my wife. Uh, in the main event, Colby Covington defeated Jorge Masvidal by unanimous decision. That fight was awarded fight of the night. So that was your, uh, you know, both of them made an extra 50 grand. They were chirping as soon as the fight was over. Masvidal, outside of clipping Covington in the fourth round and then not capitalizing on that, was beaten was just grinded out for, for five rounds. I, I won't say beaten, beaten, but he just never did anything to uh, to really alter the way that the script for that fight was going for Covington. He just kind of uh, accepted the fight as it was. Um, now, of course, Masvidal wanted to, to stand and bang, and Covington wanted to play like a lead blanket type of fight, and he was able to do that, and, 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 you know, that's the way that he fights. Like I said, you know, that was his 17th win in his career, and he only has eight finishes. So most of his fights do go to a decision. I still don't believe in um, all the chirping he does about being the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world because he just doesn't go out there and, and finish fights. Uh, if you're going to be the best in the world, you should be a finisher. You shouldn't just be focused on grinding out five-round fights because you never know when you're going to get caught whenever you're grinding out a five-round fight. Uh, so for the night, I actually got eight right and only five wrong. And I want to mention that I kind of knew that Kevin Holland was going to be able to beat uh, you know, Cowboy Oliveira, but I really wanted to see the old guy get an upset, so I took the upset knowing most likely what was going to go down. And then I knew that Covington was probably going to be able to impose uh, his particular script for the fight against Masvidal. And, and I still took Masvidal because I absolutely fucking hate Colby Covington. And, and I, for some reason, these guys that I just cannot stand, I cannot even say, yeah, they're going to win this fight. It just drives me that crazy. Um, so for the last, uh, since I started my podcast, that makes me at 26 correct and 24 wrong in predicting fights. So I'm back above 500. That's good. Um, you know, obviously if I was a betting man, that would suck because that means I'm losing money as much as I'm winning money. Um, my lovely wife, Elaine, only got one fight wrong out of the five that she predicted for the main card. Uh, and that was when she took Barboza over Mitchell. And I'm pretty sure I said, are you sure about that? But I think she went with, uh, she knew who Barboza was, didn't know who Bryce Mitchell is. Now she knows who Bryce Mitchell is and she's not a fan. So I'm sure his next fight, she's not going to, uh, going to, uh, give him, uh, any slack. Cause she didn't think that either of them really deserved their placement on that card, especially when the, uh, Strawweight girls, Moreau, Moreau's and uh, uh, what was the the 
Kazakhstani chick, they actually put on one hell of a fucking fight before until uh, Moreau's caught the submission. So next up for the UFC is going to be a UFC fight night, Vegas 50, Santos versus Ankalev. Um, this is another 7 p.m. fights or start time fight, which I usually appreciate um, because the uh, <laughs> the late fights really kill me. I mean, I'm I'm not young anymore. I'm I'll be 45 in a few weeks. But uh, uh, it looks like Tiago Santos is number five in the world. Uh, Magomed Ankalev is number six in the world. So that's looks. On paper, that looks like a great fight for a main event on a fight night. Um, There's some other guys on the card that um, are pretty good. You know, you got Marlon Marais or Marais and and Song Yadong, uh, which um, you know probably the best name in fighting. Uh, you got Alex Caceres, uh, Bruce Leroy. You got Khalil Roundtree, uh, Terrence McKinney. Didn't he just fight, like, two weeks ago? I think Terrence McKinney just fought, didn't he? Didn't he just, uh, didn't he just get, like, a knockout? Um, yeah, he just fought February 26th uh, and, and won by submission. And he's right back at it March, uh... March 12th. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, there, there's some fights on here that, um, that look like pretty good fights. Um, and I'll give my uh, predictions. Uh, I'll probably do my preview on Friday. Um, I've accepted a grappling match for Saturday, March 12th. At New Line Cage Fighting 8. So I'm going to do a grappling match in a cage. And that's at the Hearts Community Center. In beautiful Hearts, West Virginia. Um, I think they'll have a pay-per-view for the event. If anyone's interested. That'd be at newlinecagefighting.com. Um, I'm going to be competing against Zach Wilds. Um, I'm 0-1 against Zach in a grappling match. Um, I lost in November in overtime. Uh I made a mistake. He passed my guard. They gave him, I mean, he gets two points for passing the guard, and in overtime, that's how you win. Um, he's extremely patient. He's an intelligent grappler. He doesn't make many mistakes at all. I, I look forward to running this one back, and I, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best to have a different outcome, not have it go and be a draw because there's no overtime in this one or for it not to, uh, you know, have his hand raised this time. Um, well, I do not look forward to returning to Hearts. Uh, man, that place, we went down there for um, their last fight card, and I had a guy fight, and we got stuck in the parking lot for like two hours trying to get out of the fucking place because these idiots just blocked everybody in. But, uh, you know, um, maybe I'll... Uh, Give like a little rundown of the fights down there, but I mean, for most people, no one's gonna have a clue who the fuck the people are. But it, it might just be worth mentioning, you know, if I see anything where someone was impressive. Uh, but you know, for 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 the most part, I'll definitely um, give a recap of my match down there, um, 
I took this on, uh, I think it was Thursday, whenever I saw that they were looking to book some grappling matches. And I jokingly said that I'd do it, but nobody wanted this smoke. And, and one older fella that's a lot smaller than me said he's out of shape, and he would have took it if we were closer in weight. And then Zach said, I got you. So, you know, we're both competitors. We both just look for matches. So, what the hell? We're going to go out there. We're going to have fun. Put on a little show. The fans in Hearts probably are going to have no fucking clue what they're looking at because they're not going to be the kind of people that understand a whole lot of what's going on in a jiu-jitsu match. But, you know, it is what it is. Guys, this has probably been the longest recap show I've done. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I hate to be long-winded or, or for my shows to get long and, and people to be like, God, man, I don't want to listen to him for that long. But, um, you know, if anyone has any topics that they'd love to hear me talk about, please tell me. Um, the one that somebody told me about, about um, what's in my gear bag. He just messaged me that day, and it was something where I had space for – uh, for that topic at the beginning of an episode, and I was able to put it right in. And, and I, if you give me a topic, I'm going to try and get to it as fast as possible. Um, you know, you can hit me up on my socials, uh, facebook.com slash gewheelermma, uh, instagram.com slash gewheelerbjj, uh, TikTok, just give me a search for gewheelerbjj and watch uh, all my jiu-jitsu content that's on there. Um, this morning I'm slacking. I haven't fucking done a thing. And usually I have like a little morning motivational thing that I put on there. But, um, you know, maybe I'll, after I get done working on this, I'll walk outside and get some sort of video to fucking make that. But, uh, you know, until next time, guys, peace.